just a quick warning that we will be discussing death, abortion, and miscarriage, existentialism, mental unwellness, addiction, etc. So if those are themes that you're not comfortable with, just skip these next couple episodes. Sparkling ring for every finger I'll put away and hide from view. Welcome to our autumn discussion. We're getting close <sighs> to the end of this album. Sure are. It's <laughs> fucking weird that we've gone through the whole thing pretty much already. And we're at this like final death stretch. <laughs> I have been thinking about divers a lot though lately and listening to a lot of divers. So I'm excited to hop over to that one. But holy shit, yes. I'm not ready to let go of half one on me. Me either. We only have three and songs after this. So it's Ribbon Bows, then Kingfisher, and then Does Not Suffice. Holy shit, that's crazy. Right? Like a downhill slide. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> emotionally, I, not like content wise. No, not content wise, but yes, emotionally. Uh, well, we'll see how it goes, but I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready either. I feel like it's going to be such a significant shift. From yeah. this album to Divers. So, I mean, we'll deal with that when we get there. We'll deal with that when we get there. But today, we're on Autumn. We're on the Autumn. Maybe most, or one of the top most unappreciated songs. Uh, what's the word? Like, people speak badly about this song. <laughs> and I want to. Yes, really? and I want to defend it. Yeah. Uh, people... Like I, I just like Googled it on both Reddit and uh not Googled it, I guess searched it on both Reddit and like the Facebook groups. Yeah. And like consistently like when people ask questions like uh like well first of all, it mostly shows up, like it brings up people who have started questions like what's your least favorite song or like what song would you drop off of oh. each disc on Have One on Me or whatever, like what song Maybe even did it take you a while to get into, which I guess is not quite being unappreciated, but like, you know, I don't know. It comes up, I think, a lot more frequently than it should in the context of people being like, this is a boring song. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Listen to it. <laughs> Just listen to it. Uh, I understand that it's not like an earworm, like in California yeah. or something like that. Like it doesn't. I think like musically pop out as much as something like that. But lyrically, man. Yeah. I love this song so much because it reminds me so much of East. And mm. it was so much fun and has been so much fun to research because of like these heavy descriptors of environment, um, the like 
the very kind of down vibe of the song it makes me think so much of monkey and bear it was it just took Mm. me back to our first episodes where we were like solving a puzzle with every every line um and connecting these like really distant dots so it was really fun to research Um, it's super fun to research i feel like there's still so much more i could like spend time researching too with this song but you're, I hadn't thought, I hadn't framed it for myself in that way before, but I think you're totally right. It d- does have like a bit of an East vibe to it. Um, definitely lyrically. And I think musically, like, even though it's not quite like a bop in the way that some other songs are, like, it's not as like, whatever, like you said, like engaging musically, maybe as like something like soft as chalk or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but it's so th- I, I heard about or I read a bunch of people describing it as like cinematic in yes. its musicality, which I thought was such a good descriptor. Mm-hmm. Like it really does have this like almost like opera. Like you like are going through this like yes. play or something. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think that it even though it's not quite a bot, but I think it's still super engaging musically. It is. And that I think is what makes me feel like it's very ease like um Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it sucks you into the narrative so much um and you're right there with the narrator not that we haven't been but this album (laughs) is a lot of uh watching as an outsider there's some of those like more personal songs and then some of them are um very anecdotal and this one to me at least is very personal um and just like also makes me want to cry immediately. Like the first yes. note, I'm welling up. Um, yes. The first verse is almost like whispered. Uh, like yeah. it makes me feel like we're being told something like very sacred and like very heartbreaking. It's yeah. like the tone of her voice, how slow each word is sung and how slow she's playing the harp. Like, yeah. And then also like the shift from Esme where we were like super hopeful, super positive. Still, the rain was still coming down, but like very much looking forward to the future. And now I feel like, you know, row of silent days and it's just like, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. a rough the f- song. <laughs> there is a future, but the future is bleak. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. I think, like you said, like right from the get-go, there's no confusing Autumn for a different mood than it is, I think. Like the delivery of those lines is so fucking devastating. And then like it just gets more and more devastating as the song goes. Like just lyrically, it's just fucking, it's slaying. It is Um, slaying. That's such a good word for it. Yeah. We have a few listener thoughts about autumn before we get into the lyrics Mm -hmm. um there is an email from the lovely alexis that i wanted to read it's kind of long so i'm gonna just like read the whole thing but um i might cut things out in in editing if it Mm -hmm. if it's too long but all right so um uh She says, listening this morning, I was struck by how sad and tired she sounds quietly singing it. The imagery that came to mind was her exhausted by sorrow after a giant cry when you're just worn out and worn down, which is interesting with Esme being the song to precede this, just as you were saying, Sam. And uh, 
she says, anyway, uh, you know, when a friend has something terrific happen to them and you're so truly happy for them, but at the same time, you're so sad for yourself because they're getting what you wanted and yearn for and don't have. Um, I imagine being confronted with a sweetest baby, baby after having gone through baby birch. The gurney wheels under the new mama squeaking, maybe being a reminder of her own procedure. Um, she said, I don't know. And then um, she also says, actually, she says um, when she quotes, to cast myself out over the water, riven like wishbone is reminiscent of Emily skipping stones. Oh, sure, um, so yeah. there's another East connection. Yeah, totally. Um, and then she says the part of the song that gains energy and volume is after she's laughing at someone, her partner, maybe saying that she's pleasure seeking for some reason. I'm assuming she's in California in this song is her partner saying she's gone there on a whim to have a nice vacay. And she's like, bitch, no, I'm dying. Everything is dying. (laughs) (laughs) It's the autumn. It's the end. Life is being snuffed out. Are you kidding me? Which like, holy shit. Yes, I get those vibes too, Alexis, so much. Mm. Like, bitch, no. (laughs) I'm not pleasure seeking here. And it reminds me so much of Mm. Only Skin too. Like, how are you sleeping? Like, how? How? Don't you? Aren't you here with me? You're not. The answer is no. You're not here with me. No. Yeah. I forgot. Like. Yeah, I forgot. I'm alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, okay. And then, oh, several people have uh, pointed to this in the, in the like, Facebook research that I did. And then Alexis here, too. Um, she just says, looniness, if you will. Um, we're the loon keens. But, like, that being, um, like, a double entendre for craziness i think is super interesting and important and we'll talk more about that i have such a good fact related to that fact of the show in my my mind (laughs) fact in the show (laughs) okay do you want to wait till we get to the yeah okay okay um and then she says uh uh Looniness, if you will, so I feel like reflective of the gain of volume and freneticness in the music. She's just thinking again of how dismissive her partner is, making her question her sanity. Really not sure of herself, I think. Anyways, that's how it feels to me. And gosh, I've been there questioning everything, just wondering if they're right and you have lost your marbles. Um, and then, okay, her repetition of the fact that she's returning, she's staying in her hometown, made me think of another time she mentioned this in the album. So on... Um, good intentions you ranged real hot and real cold but i'm sold i'm at home on that range oh yeah she's mm-hmm. at, she's at home in vacillation with ups and downs maybe with the loons and the cuckoo-iness the unsteadiness wondered at in in california maybe she's resigning herself to the fact that no matter how much she roams she's always going to end up back home on this range of lunacy maybe she feels she has in fact lost her mind as she wondered in in california And now back to the Emily line, the stones being skipped and destined to land where they were thrown forever. Um, She feels like one of those things chucked into the water. Whatever she does, when all is said and done, she can't escape it. She cannot gain ground. She cannot outrun. She will be in this hometown, surrounded by reminders that she doesn't have what her heart yearns for. So thank you so much for all of that, Alexis. I think that's super insightful and like, yes, yes, yes to all of it. Uh, I especially love the Emily connections. They're super cool. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much, Alexis. Was there another email we wanted to read? I don't remember. There's one from Kale that is also quite long. Do we want to go oh, yeah. there? Um, 
Should we do it and then I can edit it out if it's sure. too long? Just I remember uh, liking uh, what, what they say, but I'm not oh sure. Oh man, it's incredible. <laughs> okay, so this is an email that we received from the lovely Kale. Um, I think we talked about this on a bonus episode before, but I don't think we've ever discussed it on the main. And this is, I know, both uh, one of Nikki and I's most favorite theories of all time. Um, and it skips around a little bit. So I'm going to try and not go on forever, but it's really good. So, so I might just go on forever. Um, okay. So this is Kale's theory as it relates to Persephone, um, the um, myth of Persephone into 81 and Autumn. So first in 81, um, this song seems to depict Persephone's return to the world above. She does not find the bountiful nature of summer or fall. All she sees is the whole place had been cleared right out in her absence as the living beings retreated indoors for fall and winter. She finds the empty dirt of early spring ready to be tilled, and the narrator does so with her two hands, forgoing any tools. This could be read as an excitement to get her hands back into the dirt or a sign of skill or for the care she has for the task. She calls this garden, this land, this work her very own. After months in hell, she is finally able to do something herself. This is hers, uh, something he cannot touch. Should I go over the Persephone story again or do think people remember it? Um, that's a good question. I mean, maybe we can just give like a brief recap. So what we have Persephone as like the uh, goddess of springtime. She um, gets that title because she was kidnapped by Hades and forced to, I think, marry Hades in the underworld. And her mother, Demeter, um, like obviously really wants Persephone back. And so they have... Uh, Demeter makes a deal, I think, with Hades such that Persephone can spend half of her time underground um, uh, in the underworld with Hades and half the time up on Earth with Demeter. And so the myth is that like when Persephone returns up to the Earth to be with her mom, um, that's when spring happens. That's when everything comes alive. And when Persephone has to go back down to the underworld, that's when everything dies, right? Incredible. 10 out of 10 summer. Perfect. <laughs> so in 81, we're in the spring. Right. Um, so everything is uh, dead still, but our narrator is working to revive life. She does it with her own hands. Um, again, I think a really important part is this is hers, something he cannot touch. Um and then Kale says, uh, time moves forward. Soon we're in summer. The weather has become hotter than hell. And I love this in brackets. An assessment she is very qualified to make. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> her naked lounging in the sun is another claim of ownership, this time over her own body. Um, she allows herself to feel the warmth. Here she can be warm and naked and do as she pleases. She remains, however, painfully aware of the wandering eye that she has caught again, which I am interpreting as Hades the eye of Hades. Um, she tries to push the thought of her lover to the back of her mind and focus on the satisfaction she feels there, wanting for nothing more than to lounge in the heat and work on her garden. And then she mentions that you had brought up um, Hades Town. Uh, oh, yeah. Way down under the ground. She calls everyone to come to her garden party. Okay, I think that's all I'll say about 81 for now. 
Okay. Because this episode is about autumn. Mm, lovely autumn. Yeah, so so Kale's theory is likening the narrator to Persephone, right? So they're yeah. saying that like in um 81, it's Persephone like in her springtime mode, but but now we have an autumn mode. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. And the theory is also based on the idea. Um, so Kale says, I've been obsessed with the idea that the songs on each disc of Have One On Me are connected to the songs of the same number on the other discs. So mm. this is like an expansion of Kale's original theory connecting 81 and Autumn. Oh, I see. Because each is the third song on the respective disc. Okay. I yeah, believe right. so, yeah. Right. Um, okay. So in Autumn... Our narrator has newly arrived in the underworld. She has left and autumn has come. She characterizes the end of summer not just as a death, but also as a betrayal. Summer has been murdered with her own sword, whether stolen from her or surrendered willingly in an act of trust. This was not a fair fight. As the narrator arrives in hell, the friendly voices dead and gone sing to welcome her back. In brackets, the warmest welcome a ghost can muster. Um... <laughs> She cannot even enjoy this moment as it is interrupted by a newly deceased soul of a waxwing, barely in the door, and she is already confronted, not by just being dead, but by dying. She feels yeah. the nature above, to which she once was so connected, shaming her for the death she holds, as the lawns gossip about her, and the rain cannot even find words to express its disapproval. Kale, your writing is incredible. It's ridiculous. Seriously, just write us all the time because we will be uh like ecstatic to just read like you're such a good writer and your theories are like on fucking point and it it's just so poetically done too the prose is exceptional and it's just so it's joyful to read like as yes. heavy as this content is it's <laughs> yes. so much fun to read and your bracket game is on yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll read a couple more paragraphs and then we'll get on with the show okay. here. But um, right. again, incredible. The show. <laughs> like we're not just like. <laughs> okay. I may have changed. It's hard to gauge. Is one of my favorite lines in anything ever because it is absolutely heartbreaking. I agree. And I struggle to put it into words. It just ruins me. Yep. She is yes. so separate from herself as she currently is. Um, and as she was, that she cannot reconcile reconcile them as a continuous being. Her every fiber has been altered by the row of silent upgrade days that await her and the violent love who accompanies them. He has snowbound her, taken away her ability to sun him. He's frozen her. How can she be the same person who was so connected to nature, following the ley lines, seeking pleasure among the tall pines? How can she still be her own mother's daughter? How can this be qualified as a change when what has become of her is so completely unrecognizable as what she originally was? These cycles and coming of going have taken so much out of her. She's exhausted. She feels old and near death, more at home in the underworld than in the world above. And that's like the uh, most perfect synopsis of the vibe yeah. of this song. She's exhausted. Yes. She feels old and near death. And it's kind of almost like she's given up. Like the energy has been expended. Either she just needs to like fucking lay down for a while and be quiet and collect herself or like this is it like I just I, yeah and I think that it's so important to the I think one of kills at least to me most important insights here is that like 
whatever whatever's happening, our narrator does feel more comfortable at this like in this like death ridden hometown where she's clearly like exhausted and and like on the edge of death herself and like you said like old and just like like it's not an energetic energetic time but it that almost like makes us understand how terrible the alternative has been for her like being out there is worse than death um such that like coming home is to this deathly place to this underworld is a comfort Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly um and i think it just speaks to like how run down our narrator is how much how much she's been through um throughout the album um okay the very last thing i will read is uh kale says kale writes but this year is not like any other year something has changed or at the very least is changing the ghosts are colder than usual huddled for warmth and they are present suddenly suddenly in the world above helping to raise the barn a barn offers not just shelter from the cold but allows for a certain persistence of the summer's agricultural activities in the colder months and the ghosts her companions in the underworld who are helping with this process are not hindering it what once seems to be what went what once seems so unrecognizable is maybe not so. She cannot undo what has been done, but there is a path forward. Even as she is so changed, she cannot place herself in the context of her life. She waits for a sign, and she asserts that she will be in her hometown. And this is how the song ends. Um, Newsom pushes her narrator to try again, to start again one more time, because even if the narrator feels like Persephone, she isn't. This isn't forever. The cycle can and will break, and the narrator can once again return to her home. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I'm really glad that you read it, Sam, because even though uh, they say a lot in there, it's such valuable stuff. And like you said, like the writing is so good. The writing's um, incredible. And like, I know we both love how much of Greek mythology we've absorbed hmm. as we've done, as we've recorded these episodes, but like the way that Kale connects all of these um all of these themes is really fantastic and i love yeah them. especially across songs because that's not our yeah. strength <laughs> not at all exactly yeah um yeah so that's really 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 awesome um okay before we continue i wanted to read sorry just another listener theory which i get so stoked when we get a bunch of listener theories on songs mm-hmm. because it allows for sort of like a broader perspective or like more than just our two perspectives about songs. Um, so I posted to the Facebook group that we were recording on this today. First, I posted to my main feed like a dope. <laughs> <laughs> but then I fixed it. Um, all right. So um, uh, I don't know if this is the same Enrique as we've heard from before, but um It's either Enrique or Enrique, but they say, I have absolutely nothing to say except that it is one of my favorite JNU songs and I don't get why it's so underappreciated, which like, yeah, fucking me too. Okay. And then Lise uh, had some stuff to say that I thought was really cool. So 
Um, She writes, some vague notions, not a song I think about much, but again, just looking at the lyrics, sorry, but just looking at the lyrics, I'm like, again, with the waiting slash uncertainty, like Mm -hmm. it's giving me in California vibes and also Occident to a lesser extent, which I thought we were done with. But by the end, she's found some closure, maybe like I'll be here where I belong and I don't expect you to change. So I'll so you'll keep roaming the end. It's sad, but I accept it. Um, There's also the obvious but very poignant symbolism of autumn as the death of things, things going into hibernation, which will make room for eventual new life. And then also the wax wing is giving me only skin, but also baby, baby birch. Um, Is she perhaps connecting those songs in an explicit way? So I thought all three of those points were really cool. And like, I very much also get the vibe when we get to autumn of like, oh, again like we're again being uncertain um but I the more I sort of dive into this album the more I think I appreciate that even when we think we're done with the uncertainty we're not because like that's not what life is like and it's also not that um chronological of an album you know it's not that straightforward and I, I appreciate that about it I think it gives it depth yeah if it was we wouldn't be here <laughs> yeah yeah um. Yes, and then I love the connection, obviously, between Only Skin, Baby Birch, and Autumn, and the birds, and what they represent, which yes. I know we're going to get into in in some detail. <laughs> yeah, my brain went exactly the same place as Lisa's did um, when I was, you know, rereading the line about the waxwing. I was like, oh, it's the little brown bird in our hand. I know yes. that bird. The little finch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think that's all the listener submission stuff I have. Yeah, I have. I think there's a couple more, but we'll get to them when we get to them. I think I stuck them elsewhere. So. Okay, okay, cool. Do you have any other preliminary stuff before Lyric Mania time? No, I think the only other thing I wanted to say was like, I... This song feels like an exceptionally long song. And it's not Mm. in like Joanna Newsom's standard. It's only it's just over eight minutes. But I think because everything is stretched so slowly and maybe it's just because of the the feeling of the song, the vibe of the song, that it feels like as long as only skin to me. Like it feels Mm. like we're in it for a really long time. And like, how does she do that? How does like... (laughs) As an artist, I don't know. how how do you how do you how do you make me feel like that? I don't. Yeah, she like <laughs> fucks with our very perception of time. Yeah, um, exactly. There is also a lot now that you say that. There's a lot of um, sort of cyclicalness to this song that there isn't in a whole. Well, I hesitate to say this, but like it just seems a bit more not repetitive because that has a bad connotation. But it's like. This part then follows, is followed by like this part. And then like it goes back to this part, musically speaking. And even like Mm -hmm. lyrically, there's, you know, some similarities. And she has a bunch of, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. She gets, she, she's able to convey the vibe of dove gray days, um, in a way where like living those dove gray days would be like kind of monotonous. And I don't at all think this song is monotonous, but there is some sort of, 
pushing through like repetitiveness, I guess, to it. I don't know. No, I think <laughs> it's monotonous fitting. in the way that life can be. And like if you, yeah. you know, you have to wake up and do the stupid little adult things that you have to do. You have to eat. You have to go for your <laughs> your stupid little mental health walk. You have yeah. to, you know, buy toilet paper and make yourself coffee and whatever. And there's not like the monotonous part of that is that there's like at least in this song, there's not any joy in that, right? It's just existing to exist and pushing yourself to get to the next day. Um, yeah. Which is a thing. Like, yes. <laughs> what have these last two years been, if not that? Like, Jesus. Yeah. Long ass road, dub gray days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Are we equipped to deal with what is coming Sam. <laughs> I mean 28 minutes later <laughs> <laughs> all right uh would you like to start us off um sure so autumn she sings driven through by her own sword summer died last night alone even the ghosts huddled up for warmth autumn has come to my hometown now, I forgot to bring the official lyric book up with me, but is summer capitalized here was my question. <sighs> it's not I on think... Joanna Newsome lyrics. Let's see. Yeah. I think it is in the official one for some reason. I think it is too. I don't even know what my basis is for thinking that no. because I am also on the same website as you. And it's not on that website. Um, okay. If listeners listen to this and you have the thing in front of you, just let us know. Summer capitalized. I mean, it could stand up. Oh, it is on Genius. It's capitalized, which doesn't mean anything. Because Genius yeah. is the <laughs> wild more unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> the wild west. Um, <laughs> it is the wild west, though. But yeah. Okay. So. That's a sad, that's a sad, that's a sad opener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, we, uh, do you interpret, okay, so I, I had to call David into my little office here. I was like, can you help me with the sentence structure of the very first line of this song? <laughs> mm -hmm. Where it took me for some reason, maybe it's just me, but maybe other people will have the same struggle. But when I think of, Driven through by her own sword, Summer died last night alone. My question is like, okay, what what is being driven here, right? Because like the the um, most like parsimonious, I think, explanation would be just that it's the sword that's being driven because that's what happens. Mm -hmm. But but it seems as though the object of this sentence is like that Summer is being driven through by her own sword. That the sword is not doing the driving. That Summer is doing the driving. But Basically, no. <laughs> I have like convinced myself with David's help that um, he was like, no, because swords don't get driven through. They get driven. And so mm -hmm. the thing that is being driven through, like the thing that is undergoing this like transformation of having something driven through her is summer. I don't know if that helps anybody else, but for some reason that made the sentence structure click for me. Sorry, can you say that one more time? Yes, it's um, I'm definitely not explaining it very well, but um, I'm there with you. Okay, I'm just catching so, up. <laughs> okay, so uh, 
the way that this sentence seems to be structured, driven through by her own sword, Summer died last night alone. It seems like the thing that is being driven through by her own sword is Summer, right? Just and are given you personifying Summer? Yes, but but I think that was my confusion though. I was like, I don't understand how something can be like it doesn't seem like the right kind of object for the verb in mm-hmm. question here, right? So like summer doesn't seem to be like a thing, even if we personify it, that can be driven or like it seems like what she's trying to convey here is that the sword is driven through summer and that's how summer dies. But And like the the greater um, interpretation of that is that the seasons ended or that so. a person has died. Oh, that a person has died, I think. Okay. Let's imagine that Summer is like a proper name just for a second. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to capitalize it here for my own sanity. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, Very fair. I'm definitely picturing it capitalized. So if it's not, that'll be interesting. But okay. So then I was asking David about this and he was like, okay, think. Because my confusion was that like, yeah, why isn't it the sword that's driven through? Why is it Summer that is driven through? And David was like, well, swords don't drive through things um, or they don't get driven through things. They get driven Um, in order to have like the through part apply. We need like somebody that it is driven through or something that it is driven through. And that's why he explained to me or that's why it made sense to me where he was like, summer is the thing that gets driven through. The thing that is driven is the sword, but the thing that is driven through is like like summer herself through her body yes yes exactly yes Yes. okay that was the vision that i have but it was like the two hands on the sword into your tummy like so that is another question i had is that are you picturing this as being um a suicide or like a murder by someone that she has given her sword to it was self-inflicted in my visual of it um and I think that the, like, uh, very simple interpretation I took was that Summer dies by her own hand. Yeah. And then the note was, like, maybe at the behest of someone or something else. Like, maybe it was motivated by mm. outside things, but the act itself was self-inflicted. It was Summer who was own. doing it to herself. Right. I think that's the interpretation I've sort of landed on to as much as I can land on anything. Um, The other one that I was entertaining was just that, like, you know, if you give your sword to someone that you trust, um, there's, like, even if they kill you with it, there's still a sense of, like, that was my own sword, though. Like, I had control over that at some point, you know? So there's some sort of, yeah. And it could also be that you just hand your sword. Like you said, you hand your sword to someone. It's still her sword. She, yeah. The sword is still being driven through her yeah, by her own sword. But it could be in someone else's hands. Yes. Although now that we're saying that, there is the alone part mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So maybe it is by her own hand. That's what I assumed. Yeah, that um, makes sense. And the phrase that I was thinking of was to fall on your own sword, which is mm. to, like, offer your own resignation or to commit suicide. Um, this is just some whack-ass 
website I'm looking at. <laughs> um, yeah. But the resignation was what stuck with me. Yes, definitely resigned as fuck. Yeah. Um, also, doesn't the phrase that you just said to fall on one's own sword, doesn't that have connotations of like, it's not just to die by suicide, but it's also to like, isn't it to sacrifice yourself for like somebody else's well-being to fall on your own sword? Or, or am I wrong about that? Uh, fall on one's own sword, to resign from one's position as a result of failure or wrongdoing, to use one's sword to take one's own life. Okay. Um, but I know what you mean to like take responsibility for something that it's taking responsibility for something. Okay. Yeah. Um, that it's like, uh, I think with the vibe of the song, it's, uh, saying to me, like, um, if no one's going to take responsibility for this, like I'll fall, this is where I'll fall. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. It sure does make sense. So the result is that Summer dies. Yes. The result is that Summer dies. Summer died last night alone. And I think it's also just like on the surface, um, just goes along with like the allegory of seasons as we moved throughout the album. And like mm -hmm. Kale said in their theories um, that now we're back. Uh, where things are not growing, things are dead, um, were in the autumn, most literally. <laughs> um, things are getting cold, things are going to be harder. Um, which, like, you know, isn't necessarily true in the season of autumn, but, like, we're heading towards colder, rougher days um, mm -hmm. as well. This, like, final stretch. It yeah. <laughs> It also makes me think, too, of um, this sort of theme that we've been getting throughout the songs, which speaks to, like, a bunch of what some of our listeners have um, said already that we've read. But, but like, it makes me think of in Have One On Me where Lola says, like, um, the change took place and then arrived all night and I died. Um, so we have another person dying at night here. And it... And also in No Provenance, we have like this like new part of our narrator's identity that has like come into being. So throughout the album, there's like a bunch of these examples of this like splitting of identities of our narrator. So we have some part of this of who this narrator is in this like really profound sense, I think, has died. And the fact that she refers to her not by like uh, driven through by my own sword, right? It's a it's a her, it's somebody else. Um, I think here maybe is doing some work to like illustrate the fact that she has these very separate parts of herself and that like depending on how you define like identity and personhood, there is like a literal part of herself that has that has died and apart from which she like feels so disconnected now that she doesn't even identify it as the same person, if that makes sense. And that's so incredibly be beautiful if we just think of the visuals of the seasons too, that like you wouldn't recognize a tree in summer that you've seen in fall. Yeah. Um, it's just like a fantastic uh, descriptor for such an emotional thing. Yeah. And if we're, t if we're also like taking it a little bit more literally too, and like associating 
or maybe not literally, but um, associating like the part of her identity that we become acquainted with throughout the album, like the hopeful in love part that we got in like uh, 81 to some extent and easy, right? That being like the flowery, full of life part. Like even I was reading about um, sort of historical and mythological personifications of seasons. Um, oh, cool. Which was super interesting. Um, but a lot of what I got is that like the 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 entities that are associated with summer are almost always associated with fertility, which like makes sense, right? Like shit blooms <laughs> in the summer. Right. It's like, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. But um, but to position or to like liken those characteristics with one part of our narrator that we've come to know throughout this album, I think is interesting and potentially like another tie back to the um uh baby birch ish themes that we've talked about um and her just like feeling so disconnected now from that hopeful optimistic fertile (laughs) person which is why the song is so rough from beginning to end because we've just left sweet esme yeah right and like exactly what Alexis said like it's hard to maybe see that that happening for other people and then maybe this is the depths of like the fallout from that but I think just in general too um it's just it's just like a steep slide from yeah um and it, it probably like an easy switch to flip to to feeling hopeful and um, I don't know, joyful in the moment to being by yourself and feeling despondent and hopeless and, you know, many great yeah. days ahead. Yeah. And and I think it would be, I don't know, maybe like the Esme contrast sort of drives home this like distinction that the narrator might be forced to make between like that is them and I am mm-hmm. me. And those are yes. like different things um yeah very much yeah i really liked kale's point about the ghosts even the ghosts huddled up for warmth and i think another point that kale made was that this season is especially cold and i think that's something we can uh carry on through the song as we keep keep going here but um the fact that even these otherworldly manifestations are freezing is just like so um visually interesting but also just like such such a note that like shit is really hard this is not yeah. uh this is like i don't want to say a depth we haven't been to before but like <laughs> it's it's real bad yeah, we're, we're not feeling good it's like bad in this like less tumultuous way i feel like if we're like yeah. contrasting like the lowest lows of this album like baby birch is the first thing that comes to mind is just being fucking devastating also go long mm-hmm. um but those are both more there was like shit happening to make it extremely bad like a bunch of trauma happening whereas with autumn the trauma that we get is like the stillness and the coldness of like mm-hmm. being alone Um, as opposed to like these traumatic events happening. So it's like this different kind of cold. Um, Yeah. Sorry. And, and Sam was Kale's point that, um, that like ghosts who normally wouldn't need warmth have to huddle. What what was their point about that again? 
Oh, do 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 do. Let me read again here. Um, the ghosts are colder than usual. Okay. But this year is not like any other year. Something has changed, or at the very least is changing. The ghosts are colder than usual, huddled for warmth, and they are present suddenly in the world above, helping to raise the barn. So I think this is later mm. on. Um, um, yeah, so maybe Kale just referenced it later on, and I was just applying it here. But, um, oh no, the raising the barn is the next, the next verse. Mm-hmm. But I think their point was that like this is like a a strange um oh no, we're back in the underworld. So it's not strange that they're there, but like it's I guess just an especially rough season. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got from that. Yeah, I totally feel that too. It's an especially rough season. And also like it it implies that even the dead need comforting, which might give us insight into our narrator right which is not like mm. she's died <laughs> or at least yeah. some part of her has died but like that's it doesn't mean that things are over exactly um yeah yeah and i think the autumn has come to my hometown is line is really important too because oh, oh, like your hometown is can be a tumultuous place to be. And I think this is just a recognition that like, oh, shit hits everywhere. Like yeah. I wasn't feeling great over there. And I'm also <laughs> feeling really awful over here too. So like yeah. this creeping cold has also reached me all the way over here where I thought I was safe, where I thought right. things would be okay. Like, this is like I like can't escape. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think that's an excellent point that home I mean, we got this a little bit in in California that home is not this like unabashedly like that's not the right word, but like not this like wholesome place entire. It's a place that she goes to rest in in California, yeah. but that comes at a cost. And I think that, um, yeah, this is like sort of an analog to that where it's not quite that, um. Yeah, it's just not totally this comforting place. It's still a comfort and it's still a place to rest, but it's fucking cold. Like, it has its downsides. There is a cost. And then I just have to ask, why do we keep returning home if it's not giving you what you need? Like, well, why does it have to be home? Yeah. So, like, I think that... I, I don't actually know. I think it's a very good question. My theory on this is just that she has these cycles she needs different things at, at different times or like she knows how to get the things that she needs from different places so home doesn't provide it all uh, mm -hmm. but it provides like some like comfort and stillness and security and community which is the thing I think we're gonna see in the next verse yeah. that um offer like this support that she doesn't get when she's off roaming but then when she's off roaming she gets this like passion and like uh, love like this like romantic kind of love and this um she's able to like do this uh like fulfill that part of her I guess maybe that like more romantic part of her mm -hmm. although yeah I don't know I think that like if we were to ask our narrator like what do you want she would want that love to be in her hometown right 
like when she says I'm I ain't naturally given to Rome, it really does sound like she's like, I just want to fucking stay here. I wish this were enough. And I get that. But I I don't know. Maybe it's just like just me personally being like, but you can make home anywhere. Like home doesn't have to be yeah. this one physical place just because it was before. Like yeah. and it doesn't have to be such like a such a distinction between roaming or home like yeah just because you're not home doesn't mean you have to be constantly roaming you can also be <clears throat> elsewhere but i also think i just don't what the fuck was that sorry hold on no I that's okay banged. sorry <laughs> that's okay did you figure out what it was no but it gave me a heart attack i heard that too it was like a loud crashy sound enough that it like shook my oh bed weird very weird <sighs> jesus hey no earthquake alert i don't know <laughs> odd <sighs> okay sorry where were we that's okay that's okay we were oh you were saying like um you think that for you like home could be anywhere there doesn't have to be this like super sharp distinction between the two places um but then i think you were about to say like but also i don't take yeah, that I don't much have... souls in home or something yeah 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 that's not a place that's like uh necessarily like um a place to relax and like a place to um uh, i don't know like collect yourself for me so maybe that's just like missing the mark yeah um, for me i feel exactly like you do about that for me it's not um a place of solace but i have i've had like conversations like this with my partner and for him like home is actually in california too and like that means something to him and like he takes solace in in being around family and having that support there and mm -hmm. having these like familiar places that just mm, I feel like when you're like connected to like the nature of it like I lived in Jerusalem for like three months and I loved living in Jerusalem but like there's something about the climate that I was like I want pine trees like I, <laughs> I miss pine trees and like I feel like that's just because I grew up around that kind of nature that like it's a very like vague it's not specific to like Manitoba because I'm not super attached to that but I am yeah. kind of attached to the north in a way that I didn't know that I was until I I lived elsewhere for a bit yeah um but yeah uh I agree I, I I'm not of the same mind as the narrator here um at least in that respect yeah I don't know one thing that I wanted to maybe read, even though I'm not at all confident that there is any connection here, I just, um, I had mentioned before that I was looking up like personification of mm. seasons. Yeah. And one thing I found um, was an Irish goddess of summer, wealth and sovereignty. So her name is spelt A with like a little accent on it, I-N-E which seems like it should be pronounced Ain, but it's Irish, so it's probably like Argnix 
Arnie. I have no idea what like weird Irish pronunciation. But um, anyway, she is associated with the with Midsummer and the Sun, and is sometimes represented by a red mare, which I thought was interesting. A red Anya. horse. What is it? Anya. Anya. Okay, there we go. It says YouTube. I don't know. Oh, cool. Anya. Um, she's a goddess of love and fertility, and she has command over crops and animals and is also associated with agriculture. But anyways, like there's a bunch of – I just liked the horse connection there. But there's a bunch of um, <sighs> different characters that have been um, created throughout history that – and like in different cultures that – personifying the seasons is like a very common thing which i think we're going to get back to when we talk about um leaving the city which we will be sooner than we think <laughs> right yeah. it's a common it's a common no i really like that and i think um i think we probably could have done a lot more of that throughout this album too like looking back um just like connecting just broader broader themes of seasons to everything is something that would be a really cool thing to look at. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say that for a zillion things, I'm sure. <laughs> like. um, okay. I think that's all I have for the first verse. Yep. Me too. All right. That does it for part one of autumn. We will be back next week with part two of this lovely song Thank you guys for being here with us. Send us your thoughts and theories because we have another recording session on it um, coming up. So, yeah. Email us at ahopelessendeavor at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Facebook at a hopeless endeavor. Join a new some podcast. Check out our Patreon. It is a hopeless endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> there we have early episode releases. We have bonus episodes. Sam and I are about to record a bonus episode where we do like a sort of late, but whatever, like... 2021 <laughs> roundup. We can only be late. We, yeah. we can only do that. It's us. <laughs> Where we talk about like our favorite moments from podcasting last year, I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Check us out there. I'll link to that in the show notes. Sam runs our Instagram. It's a Hopeless Endeavor podcast. You can follow us there and do all of the other things. You can rate and review us if you want. Either way, no big deal. Um, I was thinking today about how we haven't gotten voicemails in a while, voice memos. Oh, yeah. So if anyone wants to send us those or covers of songs, yes. um, please do that. It would be incredible. But we're also just happy to have you here listening with us. Yeah, um, I miss the, the voice group memos. The really nice, too. I do, too. I was thinking it's been a long time. I think it has been a was long our time. Last our last one, and that was quite a few episodes ago. Yeah, um, guys, give us your voices. Uh, yeah. we, we miss like the just Ursula exactly yeah. <laughs> which still is very apt Ursula. Yeah. Uh, it is very apt yeah so give us your voices <sighs> let me be Ursula um, the bear slash octopus and yeah uh, we hope to hear from you guys soon uh, thank you so much for being here okay bye I'll put thank you so much bye